0: 819 on the crosstalk on WIZM from Gunderson Lutheran, section head in pediatrics, Dr. David Gerhardt. Hey, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Doing very well. Thanks for having me. What, uh, it's, uh, it's my pleasure. Uh, I'm, I'm glad to be able to touch base with a variety of people who aren't directly involved with trying to save us from COVID-19. On the other hand, you have some very, very special patients in your care at the hospital, don't you?
1: We definitely do. We're trying to balance uh, the sort of the uh the balancing act of trying to have our essential care be done and care for our most vulnerable patients, but also at the same time, decrease exposures to COVID-19. So it definitely is a balancing act, but we're doing the best we can to make sure our essential care for our most vulnerable populations is really continuing in the manner that our patients need and that they're used to.
0: Dr. David Gerhardt, our guest on Lacrosse Talk, our our babies... Uh, The most vulnerable, uh, because they haven't been alive long enough to uh, establish other health risks, as uh, some seniors have, what puts them at great risk? Young people. Babies.
1: Yeah. It's a very interesting question, because really uh, most of the stuff that you're hearing is that COVID-19, and this is all correct, that it is much more of a severe illness and people who are more vulnerable to infectious disease in general. So typically when we look at that, we consider people at what we call the extremes of age. So uh, people greater than 60 years of age, people have problems with uh, lung problems, heart problems, Uh, challenges with their immune system, Uh, but also at the other extreme of age, we do see babies who are young and vulnerable to potentially serious illness as well. So we're considering young children who are still very small, um, who have developing immune systems, uh, to be at just an equal amount of risk as anybody else as far as picking up COVID-19 and potentially having serious disease from it.
0: So have you, as pediatrics, uh, shut down. In essence, the only people allowed in are medical people, the mom, and the baby. Are you allowing, allowing visitation of any kind, anything like that?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. We uh, uh, Gunderson uh, tasked us as a pediatric department and all the departments within Gunderson to really look at the care we deliver and break it into several different categories. One being essential care, meaning care that must continue, uh, kind of even in a COVID nineteen era. And then uh, sort of what we call non-essential care, care that could be done uh, either at a later date when we know more about the epidemiology of this virus or potentially could be done even over the phone or through virtual visits. Uh, So we've kept most of our essential care as uh, well-child checkups two years and under. Uh, with the idea that it's still very important for people to consider their child's immunization status, come in to make sure that they're fully immunized for other uh, infectious diseases which are currently still out there. Uh, So we've done a good job, I believe, of sort of uh, creating essential care and non-essential care. Um, And so we've cut down the number of total visits that we're seeing, uh, with the idea that we're going to have people focus on the essential visits, but we've also increased our staffing on the telephone to allow for people to call in uh, with questions over COVID-19. And so we've increased our staffing in those areas and are doing more and more of the care actually over the phone. Our visitation policy, uh, we're trying to get the word out on as well. That's a very important component because uh, we're trying to decrease just the total number of people entering the facility with the idea that social distancing is a very critical component of uh, containment strategy for COVID-19. So we are currently limiting uh, visitors in the outpatient setting, so the general clinic, uh, to one caretaker per child and asking people to have just one healthy caretaker per child bringing the, uh, sort of the patient into the clinic. We do ask people to call as well if they're having symptoms. Uh, So if the caretaker or the child is ill with either fever or respiratory symptoms, a quick phone call to the clinic to give us a heads-up is very, very helpful. And then we're significantly limiting our uh, visitors on the inpatient side, too. So for people who are in the hospital, uh, we're cutting that down in the pediatric world to two, ki- two visitors uh, per child, uh, mother, father, two caretakers, and we're asking everybody else to kind of stay at home, which is a hard thing to do when a child is hospitalized. But if we can decrease the total number of people uh, coming through our doors, we can help the containment strategy by really adhering to social distancing, which is absolutely critical.
0: All right, so mom is in the hospital because she just had that baby, but it sounds like dad is allowed to come and visit uh, his baby uh, also uh, with some restrictions, but uh, it's allowed. Is that correct? Do I understand that correctly?
1: Yes, it is correct okay. we are trying right. to uh, we're trying to understand obviously that uh, caretakers and support system uh, for the exact example you gave are absolutely critical and we do not want to disrupt uh, that sort of normal social bonding that does occur so we do want that to happen sure. but uh, sort of we do want to limit the number of people so uh, in the past if a new child was born sometimes we'd have multiple uh, visitors 10 15 20 relatives coming by to sort of congratulate the family which is an amazing thing thing, but we're asking people to limit it where uh, one additional person to sort of visit with the family uh, just to decrease the number of people coming through our doors.
0: Right, Uh, and uh, so when dad comes to visit, maybe take his phone with him so that he can FaceTime with uh, all the other relatives that are being forced to stay out there in the parking lot. (laughs)
1: I think you're right. I think we're. It's it's great that we live in an era where our communication can be done so well digitally. So, uh, and I think people really. I think the message is out too. I think the our community response has been absolutely fantastic. People understand uh, the reasons why we're making these changes. They've been more than compliant. So. Uh, having sort of, you know, fathers communicate through other means and uh, setting up an ability to sort of touch base and give that social support is absolutely critical. We say we want people to be socially distant but not emotionally distant. So we want people to still reach out but do it in other methods other than sort of direct face to face contact.
0: Doctor, you mentioned something earlier that I want to uh, touch base on, so I'm going back to a comment you made with regard to vaccinations and and, uh, so forth. Does a pandemic change the mind of any parents who are trying to keep their children healthy with regard to get a vaccination, uh, uh, get the shots that can protect you? There isn't one yet for COVID-19, but as you mentioned, there are certainly other uh, vaccinations that can protect those vulnerable young people uh, does this kind of a health scare change anyone's mind or are you still seeing uh, some uh, some uh, pushback on whether or not that vaccination is going to protect my kids from measles mumps rubella whatever else
1: Yeah, that's a very great point. I think anytime there is an infectious illness that becomes kind of more widely spread, widely known, Uh, we do have increasing interest in people getting the basics of care done, including basic and standard immunizations. It just highlights the importance of uh, prevention strategies. Um, Obviously, we wish we had a preventative strategy for COVID-19, which we do not. It's currently being worked on, obviously, but I think it puts on the forefront of everybody's minds how critical it is to really prevent illnesses before they happen. And uh, we're so fortunate to live in a time where we have vaccines that are safe. They're effective. They can prevent these other infectious illnesses that used to ravage families and children. So we do notice that there is a higher uptake of vaccines. But luckily, in our area, most people are on board with the safety and efficacy of vaccines, which is obviously greatly supported by us and all major governing bodies for preventative medicine. Uh, But we do notice that during these pandemics, people are uh, very interested in making sure their children are protected for every infectious illness, not just COVID-19.
0: Yeah, that's. uh, And for people that uh, are scheduled for those kinds of doctor visits, do they also start with a phone call? And as you mentioned, maybe conversation uh, over the phone or uh, uh, FaceTime before they come in to see you in particular?
1: That's great advice, I think, to get out to the community that uh, we have increased our staffing over the phone. So a quick phone call to the clinic um, to get those regularly scheduled vaccines is going to be critical. Uh, So a phone call to your primary care provider's office is a great first step. What they do is they can set up the appointment. They can ask the appropriate questions uh, to make sure that we have you in the right particular area and time of clinic. So a quick phone call is a great way to do it. For example, at uh, the La Crosse campus at Gunderson, we are doing what we call cohorting patients. So what is that? It's basically we see only well children in the morning. So we're seeing all of our well child checkups, all of our immunizations in clinic. There's nobody with respiratory symptoms in our morning clinics. And that's a great way to allow us to do sort of cleansing between patients, We only see our ill visits in the afternoon and do a very deep cleanse after all the ill patients have left. The clinic sits overnight with no patient contact, so it's completely safe and ready to go for the well children in the morning. Uh, But we are still doing uh, nurse-only immunization visits, so even if the family does not want to do a full face-to-face visit with a provider, uh, they can definitely get their regularly scheduled immunizations done by coming into the clinic. The nurse will come, update the immunizations completely, the child gets their great preventative medicine, and then gets to go home and continue with their social distancing.
0: One of our listeners is a huge fan of yours, Dr. Gerhard.